Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. Today, we have a very special guest. His name is Dietrich Moon, and he is the author of The Unexpected Journey, Fire and Gold. So I'm going to welcome him to the stage so he could introduce who he is, because who better to tell you about himself than him? Welcome, Dietrich. All right, thank you for having me. So let's start off by telling the listeners as well as the viewers who you are, where you're located, and just give them a taste. Um, I'm based out of um, the RDU in uh, North Carolina. Um, been all over the world. I've lived in Texas. I've lived in uh, uh, Kansas. I've lived in uh, the DC area, well-traveled, but originally from North Carolina and uh, based out of North Carolina. As you said, I'm the, uh, the author of the, uh, the Unexpected Journey, Fire and Gold, a book that I co-wrote with my, uh, my daughter. I'm not one that likes to stand solo, so <laughs> I'm all for uh, collaboration projects. Also collaborated with uh, a good friend, Shanique Davis, on the writing of one of her books, Don't uh, Let It Ruin the Life of the Party. And I have a legacy book with my daughter that we're proud that we're going to write within the next eight years or so. Um, I'm not going to share the name of that book, but that will be my autobiography um, or it'll rather be our autobiography. Um, and that'll be our legacy project or whatever. And that'll probably end up being the last one that I write. Um, but, you know, who knows? I do have another book that I'm working on called The Question. And that book is just filled with, you know, uh, funny, uh, funny uh, idiosisms and uh, scenarios and things of that nature. But I'm so silly, I cannot reach a stopping point on it. Every time I think I get to a stopping point, I think of something new. So that book is just <laughs> never ending. And I asked my daughter, can I publish it under her company name? She said, no. <laughs> she said, it was too silly. <laughs> So yeah, that's a, uh, I'm, a, uh, I'm a blogger, a vlogger, um, and all of that stuff falls under my daughter's umbrella. She's the, uh, the, the brainchild of uh, the Rules of Big Boss LLC, and um, I'm the financier, the strategy person, and the silent co-owner, but yeah, it's, it's, all, it's her baby. I just carry it from time to time. That is amazing because you have a lot of things going on for you, Dietrich, but most importantly, you highlighted your daughter. So I want you to tell us who is your daughter? What, like, what is she working on? Because that's incredible because I just hear you talk about her as well as you light up. So there's a powerful dynamic between that father-daughter duo there. Um, my daughter is the... Uh the better version of me um, in a lot of ways. I mean, I got her in some ways, uh, but she's uh, uh, more compassionate than I am. She's a better writer than I am. Um, she's a better public speaker. Um, she's a better advocate than I am. Um, I'm gonna say she thinks outside, both of us outside the box thinkers, but I'm gonna say she's probably a little more outside the box than I am. But she's the brainchild behind our writing journey. She actually um, wrote her first book on and published it on June 25th of um, 2020. 
and that book was called the uh the rules of the big boss a book of self-love and that book is a uh manual that um it's a uh self-help journal book and journal and it walks through the process of um improving your self-esteem basically walking through her journey and taking a walk in her shoes uh, with respect to the things that she went through and, you know, experienced her in the scene, like bullying, colorism, um, uh, low self-esteem, things of that nature. And then on uh, September, the, sometime around August of 2020, she said uh, something to the fact that she won't have her own clothing line um, at some point in the future. And she decided to actually create a clothing and accessory line that's based off of the um, the ideologies of that book. And so on September the 9th of 2020, um, she launched the Rules of Big Boss LLC. So all of her clothing and accessories fall under the umbrella of that um, company. And also the books that we've published since then also fall under the umbrella of that um, other company too as being our publisher. And then two, we have uh, recently gotten into consulting services where we're also helping um, other authors package their books together to, um, to get them out there into the commercial marketplace and um, offering coaching services as well. And like, you know, how to market your book and you know, to get it into public libraries and things of that nature. So uh, that's been a uh, recent undertaking too, and added to our portfolio of, um, you know, just consultant services. So, yeah. That is amazing. So would you say that all the incredible things that your daughter is doing behind the scenes, as well as being your biggest advocate, your motivator, and you guys are strengthening one another because it sounds a lot like iron sharpening iron. She has strengths in her areas and you have strengths and you guys are pulling them out of each other so y'all could both uh-huh. rise to the top. Would you say that helped you ignite your journey going behind fire and goal and i want you to show the the listeners as well as the viewers the copy of your book but if you don't have it i got you covered yeah i don't have it i don't have it so thank you (laughs) talk talk them through the cover of the book as i hold it up um so the cover of the book um so the cover of the book is basically like if um people are familiar with the bible um it's somewhere in the story of Daniel, um, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, how they had to walk through the uh, the fiery furnace, um, well, through Nebuchadnezzar's fiery furnace. Um, he had put out a decree in the land that everyone would bow down to his golden image, and uh, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego were friends with Daniel, you know, Daniel and the lion's den. And um, they refused to bow down to the golden image. So King Nebuchadnezzar said, you know, turn the furnace up. I don't remember if it was three times as hot or seven times as hot. But he told uh, uh, his guards to turn it up uh, and throw them in because he was uh, just infuriated at their refusal to uh, respect his decree. So he threw them in the furnace, and um, as he threw the three Hebrew, oh, sorry, he had them bound up tightly, 
and the fire was so hot from the furnace that it burned the jailers as they tried to throw them into the furnace. And um, but they still got thrown in anyway. And uh, as they walked through the furnace, King Nebuchadnezzar said, you know, didn't I throw three men in the furnace? And um, one of his royal guards said, yeah. And he said, well, I see a fourth one. And that fourth one looks like the spirit of, uh, looks like the, spirit of uh, the Holy One. So he told them to come on out of the, uh, the furnace. And they came out of the furnace and they were unharmed. Uh, the only thing that was burned were the ropes that bound them. And at that point, Nebuchadnezzar knew that, you know, that the God in heaven, being Jesus the Christ, was the one and true God. Now, unfortunately, he was foolish enough to backslide. And when he backslid, he ended up being turned into a beast and had to roam the earth for the rest of his days as a beast. But anyway, the whole, um, the cover is built off the premise of that. So our journey, um, as far as Haley and I was basically very similar to uh, the three Hebrew boys that we were thrown in the fire. And we had to face um, insurmountable opposition from um, my employer, um, oh, I'm sorry, my former employer, the uh, juvenile services, uh, the police force, the uh, state attorney, uh, the public school system, and everything and it was just uh fires all around us um she my daughter was suicidal um wasn't sure she was going to make it and i'm like well hell if she's suicidal then i'm going to be suicidal because uh that's one thing that i can't live without is um without my daughter and you know each day i was just afraid and i was just going we were both just going through it um, she was extremely depressed and near the edge. I was depressed and near the edge, but I had to fight for it and continue to fight on. And in the end, God ended up bringing us through it all and um, we survived. And, you know, unfortunately, the journey lasted for six years. So it wasn't just a here today, gone tomorrow. The whole journey lasted six years. So it was almost like the Israelites walking through, um, walking through, walking through the desert for 40 years to try and get to the um, the promised land. But anyway, we walked out of the fire and into the gold. And, you know, and our life on this end has been better than it was on the, um, the other end. So that's the premise behind the title. And the cover art is basically um, a lion being placed into the fire and a lion coming out as a thundercat. So basically, you place this line in the fire, it won't burn him. It'll only make him stronger. And that line is being purified and being made into a thundercat. So that's the, uh, the actual pictogram of the line becoming strengthened by the fire. But also, too, fire um, being put on gold and purifying it. So the cover itself is all about how fire purifies you and brings you out stronger and more beautiful. Listeners, as well as viewers, you could see the cover of the book here. It's very detailed. Everything that Dietrich described is this cover and this book is phenomenal. When I tell you I read this book in a few hours and 
I just couldn't put it down. I just had to know what happened next. But one thing that stood out when Dietrich was speaking was that they were bound, but the fire did not consume them. So even though you may go through trials and tribulations, those hard things, you are going to come out refined like gold. And if you hear his testimony, oh my gosh, it is amazing. Some people would not be able to take the amount of pressure that was weighed down on him, but God and but Dietrich for being obedient. So that's why I want to go behind the scenes of fire and gold, because I want to let you know as listeners and viewers that there is power in sharing your story. Nothing hard is ever permanent. So DJ, I want you to drop some gems on the listeners and viewers and tell them what encouraged you to keep on fighting because you weren't just fighting for you, but you were fighting for your daughter Haley and to ensure that no one else goes through what you all went through. Um, the biggest thing was, um, you know, there's a saying that, um, what's it called? With, with great power comes great responsibility. Um, and, you know, I was blessed to be a dad. And there was a time where I didn't think that I would be able to be a dad because Haley was a um, high-risk pregnancy. And uh, her mom had to be put on bed rest uh, during her second semester, sorry, second trimester, because uh, she had developed preeclampsia and Haley was breached. Um, and she started uh, dilating it. She was, I want to say, you know, six centimeters. Um, so we were very afraid that uh, we were going to lose her. And the doctor had to give uh, her mother steroids to hurry up Haley's development because like we knew that she wouldn't be able to carry it on the turn. And I said, you know, and I promised to God, you know, in my quiet times on my knees begging for her to be born and for her to be okay, that if she was born, I would give it my all. And that, you know, if he gave me this one, this one gift, it was like, you know, this is all I really want in life is I just want to be a dad. The heck with everything else. Just let me be a dad. You know, I promise I will give it my all. And I will be better than what I've seen. I will be better than what anybody could believe that I would be. And better than anything anybody expected me to be or better than anything that I've known. Uh, particularly with me not having a um, relationship with my natural dad or whatever. So, you know, I had that in the back of my mind. It was a promise I made 13 years ago. And I wasn't just making that promise to God. I was making that promise to myself, too. And I was making that promise to Haley that I would be, you know, all that you need me to be. So it was that. And it was just like, you know, God blessed me to end up to be a dad. And I was like, you know, this is my earthly treasure. And with my earthly treasure, I'm going to fight with my everything to... Um, I'm going to fight with my everything to protect it. And, you know, it was like it wasn't even so much as fighting just for her. It was fighting for myself because she's a part of me. 
And um, I personally believe that Haley carries my grandmother's spirit. And my granny is the person that always fought for me. Um, when I was a kid or whatever, when I was a kid, a teenager and young adult, so it was kind of like transference or whatever. And instead of fighting for one person, just being my daughter, I was fighting for my daughter. I was fighting for my grandmother. And I was fighting for myself. And I'm, my whole sense, uh, frame of mind was, as long as there's breath in my body, I'm going to fight for this kid. And if you want me to stop fighting for her, you're going to have to take, I'm going to have to be six feet in the ground. And even with me being six feet in the ground, I'll rise again and I'll still continue to fight for her. There's nothing that will never make me not fight for her. Um, and especially after how hard I fought to get custody of her. And um, when I gained custody of her, that was another promise that I'll never let any harm come of you. And, you know, I'll go to the ends of the earth to protect you. Uh, even if I have to actually knock the earth off of this axis, uh, I'll do that. If I have to knock the moon out of orbit, I'll do that. Whatever I need to do to protect you and make sure you're safe, that is what I will do. I will do the impossible to keep you safe over and over and over and over again, no matter the risk and no matter the cost, um, because that's how much I value um, being your dad and how much I value the blessing that God bestowed upon me in fatherhood. And when I listen to me closely and lean in when I say this, when I say that you are the epitome of what a father should be, don't take it lightly because God gave you a gift in Haley, but he also gave Haley a gift in you. A dad that goes above and beyond and fights for his daughter at no cost because there are some fathers out here who don't even know what it means to be a father or how to show up for their kids. And when I look at you and Haley online, I see a reflection of my dad and me because that's how my dad and I were. You know, it's been a hard seven months not having wow. him since he passed away. But the words when you were speaking that dropped into my spirit were you were bruised, but strengthened. Mm -hmm. You were broken, but blessed. Amen. You were stretched, but restored. Amen. You were taken out, but did not fall. Amen. You died. But then you lived to Amen. see another day. Haley went through the fire as she was trying to be birthed through mm -hmm. something as a woman that not only carried her seed, but carried your seed. And mm -hmm. God already knew the enemy was going to attack. But he says, something worth having is something worth fighting. Man. It wasn't an easy pregnancy. It wasn't an easy birth because mm -hmm. God knew that you were going to deliver a diamond, a ruby, a masterpiece that he created, but he needed to make sure that he had the right vehicles in place Amen. to ensure that you carried out the legacy because it's so important that 
when you are walking into legacy, you know how to cover it. And Amen. you have that hedge of protection around your daughter. I don't care what nobody says. I don't care what the critics say, what the haters, the naysayers, your ex-employers, the school system. You won the fight because it was yours to win. Sure, you may have lost some things, but uh -huh. you gained so much more. And going behind the story of the unexpected journey, fire and goal, we may never know what the path is, but while we're on the path, you stood steadfast. You were obedient to what the word of God says. And now he's getting ready to open up heavens and deliver you into your wealthy place. And it may not always be the monetary ties, but it may be the spiritual blessings that are coming here on the Amen. natural ram. So you stay girded. Even though your grandmother is gone, she's still there in Haley and within you because somebody is there watching over you. Amen. I receive, I receive it all and um I receive it all and I mean it's it's tough but I receive it all and it's funny it's like I noticed uh, the I know that the fire um definitely aged me um it definitely gave me more gray hair well I don't have gray hair I have white hair it definitely gave me more white hair than I had before um, it definitely finished me off and uh, finished my hairline off and <laughs> making me go bald. But it was well worth it. I would do it all over again. And, you know, I, <clears throat> I hate to say I would do it all over again but um, because it was very traumatic. But the alternative is to do it again and not become gold or to wish it on someone else. And I wouldn't wish what we went through on anyone else. It was just too violent, too evil. And, you know, I wasn't wishing on my worst enemy. So, you know, it was my burden to carry. Well, our burden to carry was specific, specifically made for us. It was my thorn, our thorn in the flesh. And it was naturally suited for uh, for us. And I mean, Genesis, you know, I have um, mental health disorders or whatever. And those mental health disorders were a byproduct of us going through the fire. But... Uh, had it been someone else, they might not have been, they might not have even made it. Like you said, they might have died. They might have killed themselves or their mental health disorders might've been more extreme. Um, despite me having, um, you know, mental health disorders of basically having an anxiety disorder, I'm pretty normal. <laughs> I mean, beyond that, I mean, I'm far from a psychopath, <laughs> But, you know, someone else that went through it might have went psycho. They might have went postal or whatever and ended up in prison for the rest of their lives. But, you know, I kept my um, my sanity and everything throughout. And I was like, you know, I can't do anything too. I can't do anything too stupid because I have to protect my daughter. And if I do anything stupid, then what happens to her or where is she going to go? if daddy is up uh, in prison or something like that for, you know, going up to the school system and acting a fool or going up to the police station and uh, fighting the sheriff or whatever, you know, because he didn't do his job and protecting my daughter, you know? So I had to keep my cool. And I think that, you know, under this extreme, actually I'm pretty positive that, you know, going through all that trauma and witnessing all that trauma, and having to uh, keep my cold throughout it, 
is what contributed towards the trauma or whatever, which ultimately produced me having a anxiety disorder. But, you know, had I been able to let it out or had healthier outlets to, you know, be able to let out my feelings and address my feelings or whatever, I might not have had it, but who knows? But what I do know is that, you know, it was a chosen path that God made for both Haley and I. And, you know, I count it all joy because, you know, um, I didn't get burned. She didn't get burned. We both came out purified. And I have a mental fortitude now because of the experience that I definitely didn't have before we went down this arduous six-year journey of pain and whatnot. And when you talked about mental health, I want to let the listeners as well as the viewers know it's so important to talk about mental health and make sure that you don't just look at mental health as something negative and you put yourself in a box but you look at it as an opportunity to do better because just because the system may label you a certain way does not mean that label is always going to be tied to who you are just because you went through certain things does not mean you're always going to face those mental health challenges. But as long as you are addressing the root cause of the issues, you will be refined in that area too. And you just have to let go of the chains, the yokes, the bondages, and et cetera, and tell people, yes, this was a result of the trials and tribulations that I went through. And this Uh is what I'm doing to address the problems, but I'm working on becoming a healthier person all around holistic. And that starts with self-care. That starts with, you know, taking care of you because if you don't take care of you, who else will do it? And it's not just you who has skin in the game, Dietrich. It's Haley, but there's also Mm -hmm. another person that looks like you, maybe a person of color, maybe a black and brown person or another man who needs a man to really stand up and be a man and talk about these things because we don't have enough men who are open and willing to talk about these things because everyone has these masks that they're hiding behind these days. And it's funny that you said that because I hung, I hid behind the mask for the longest time myself. I mean, I went, I mean, only my closest family knew. I mean, I could count on one hand the amount of people that knew. Um, and, you know, and despite me being able to count on one hand, I mean, I was uh, dealing with the mental health uh, issues with a therapist or whatever. So I was going to therapy and I was, you know, being uh, medically treated for it or under medical management for it or whatever. But I wasn't open and honest about what was going on with me. And I just shied away from people and disassociated myself. And I distanced myself because I didn't want people to know uh, what was wrong with me. And I felt broken um, because I wasn't who I was beforehand uh, from a mental standpoint or whatever. And I feared being judged uh, because of who I uh, since become. And, um, you know, over time as things went on and I, you know, felt compelled to actually write the book. I said, you know, in writing the book, I was like, you know, I'm going to have to dress myself down. 
And um, it was kind of difficult to do that, to undress myself and, you know, say, this is me. This is me in all my glory. I am not who I used to be. I am broken. Um, but despite me being broken, I am surviving. I'm surviving. I'm thriving. And, you know, and despite me being broken, I'm still able to uh, take care of my daughter and have been doing it for a while now. And, you know, and like I said, I was feared being judged or whatever or all these years. And then I've sat there and I put it in writing. And, um, and I had some anxieties about, you know, what people would think of me after me truly exposing myself and how, um, and my mental health issues or whatever. And much to my surprise, there's been no judgment whatsoever. Um, if anything, people have been marveling, like, dude, I never would have known if you wouldn't have said it. Um, or, you know, and then others have said, well, that explains it, or, you know, why you distance yourself or whatever. I thought that, you know, you just <laughs> became brand new or whatever, but we didn't realize that something was actually wrong. And it was like, man, you really are strong that you went through so much and, you know, and you're walking around with these mental health conditions, but you seem fairly normal despite them. And it was like, and now that you mentioned that you have them, now I can see it. Or, you know, uh, how you, you can't be still <laughs> and stuff like that. Or how, you know, you're up and down and things of that nature. So it was like, yeah, I see it now that you've actually mentioned it and told us. But before that, yeah, we didn't see it. But there's been um, no judgment at all. It's been more hugs. And I'm sorry, you know, you could have told us uh, or you should have told us, you know, we would have uh, tried to be there for you or whatever. But, you know, could have, would have, should have. But, yeah. And that's great that you put it out there because it sounds like your therapist was part of the key that unlocked the healing as well as you writing things down because it sounds like writing is very therapeutic to you because that's the way to get your thoughts out of your head onto paper is that would you agree yeah i would agree and you know i've it was a weight lifted off my shoulders after i um decided to publish because the biggest weight was i don't have to hide anymore. <laughs> you know, and, you know, it actually feels good to just be able to say, I don't have to hide anymore. My mom and other friends have told me, you don't have to tell people that, you know, uh, that you have anxiety disorder. You could just say that you have a uh, uh, disability. It's like, no, I don't care. <laughs> I, I will tell. Um, you know, I've reached the point now where I'm like, I'm comfortable telling um, what's wrong with me that I mean having anxiety and agoraphobia and whatnot I have reached that point of where you know I feel comfortable walking around I mean walking around I mean I'm speaking um, theoretically versus practically but I feel totally comfortable walking around on a new beach now um, metaphorically metaphorically speaking um, I mean I'm not gonna take my clothes off but I'm saying you know undressing myself saying yeah this is me I have these conditions, but despite me having these conditions, I still survive. I still thrive. Um, I'm still able to do, you know, <laughs> more than most and most of what I was able to do or whatever. Uh, but, you know, it, it was supposed to break me. It didn't break me. It just put a little crack in the armor. But despite that crack in the armor, we still surviving and we're still thriving. And I'll take a crack in the armor for my daughter any day. 
Um, and still to this day, even with me having the conditions, my promise still stands. If I had to knock the moon out of the orbit, so be it. If I had to flip the earth on its axis, so be it. I'll do it again. And that is just amazing because you ooh, when I when I really read your story, I was like, wow, because I had a similar story. It wasn't through the same extent as yours, but there were some parallels there. And when you talked about mental health disorder, you know, I went through depression back in yeah. high school because I was bullied just like your daughter was bullied oh. in high school. And it does take you to a dark place. But the most important thing is realizing who you are and not what people want you to be. And know that even though you're in darkness, if we were to break a glow stick, the glow stick will illuminate in that dark room. So the light was still inside of me, but I had to realize what the light was. And that's exactly what you did, Dietrich. You knew the light was still burning inside of you. So your fight was not done and you pressed on despite. And now you're unapologetically Dietrich Moon because you know everything about you and there's yep. no devil in hell that could stop your journey absolutely so as we begin to wind down i want you to tell the listeners as well as the viewers what do you want them to get uh, from behind their journey with dietrich moon because you baby you're refined by fire and gold and Haley and you are already on the way to the top. Thank you. My biggest message for everyone would be, you know, our pain has a purpose. Everything that we go through in life has a purpose. Um, that purpose may be for us, or it may be for someone after us, or it may be for a generation after us or whatever, but it always has a purpose. It's not meant, God did not mean for us to suffer and suffer for no reason at all. This full, so that we will have a testimony and that testimony will help in someone else and have an impact on their lives. So our pain has gain. Now, again, that question is who's the gain for? It's really irrelevant who it's for. It will be for someone. And you know, life, I mean, if you think about life metaphorically, um, to get a rainbow, you have to have, you have, to have a storm to have a rainbow. You have to have rain to have growth with flowers and um, flowers and trees and grass, things of that nature. And you have to think of your life metaphorically like that. We have to go through storms in life so that we can grow and grow into something beautiful. We have to have rain in life so that we can grow and evolve and grow, you know, greener and stronger. And, you know, and that's our pain and gain coming out from that, uh, that pain. So, you know, um, long story made short, I growing, growing up without my dad, that was a lot of pain um, involved with that, not knowing my story, not knowing my truth, and you're not, not having that male figure in my life and everything. And I didn't realize why I was, um, why that was the case when I was younger. I felt like it was because God didn't love me or, you know, maybe I did something wrong or whatever. I don't know. But I mean, all these thoughts went through my head or whatever. 
But as I grew up and I realized that the reason that I didn't have a dad in my life is because I was going to break a generational curse later on down the road and that I was going to actually end up having to gain custody of my daughter. And had I not had that hurt within me as a young adult, I mean, I'm sorry, not a young adult, as a young man, um, a kid and everything, I would not have been able to identify my daughter's hurt and be so in tune with her hurts when she was much younger and recognizing that she needs her dad. So my pain as a young adult, young, uh, as a young adult, and sorry, as a young adult adolescent, let me know, hey, it's going to all have gain and they had a gain for my daughter and saying, you know, you won't have the same pain that I had. Your pain will be something different, but it'll be better because I can step in and I will step in and I will be the father that I didn't have in my life. And um, also too, uh, crap. Oh, and then also, you know, just sharing the stories of, you know, um, what we went through in our impossible situation of, you know, turmoil and just a constant journey of turmoil, but, you know, us still being able to smile, us being able to come out of the whole situation or whatever. The whole purpose is, you know, this is what we went through. It was really bad. It was horrible. But if we can make it through this and make it into something beautiful and have a rainbow on the end, so can you. Regardless of what your situation is, people can say, oh, but you don't understand. Our situation is different. A uh, storm is a storm is a storm. The rain is rain is rain. Um, all of us go through pain in life, but if you endure and you trust in God, that will be a gain. That will be a gain in the end. And that gain in the end will be a metaphorical rainbow. And again, it may not be a rainbow for you but it'll be a rainbow for somebody else. The only problem is I wish I found, I wish there was a pot of gold at the end of ours, but you know, maybe that'll come sooner. Maybe that'll come one day. We ain't got there yet, but we're much better off today than we were six years ago, seven years ago, eight years ago. And when I say the six, seven, eight years ago, you know, this was actually before everything started. So we are in a much better place. So I count it all joy. Uh, everything that we went through with respect to the fire. We needed it so that we could be purified. Oh, mic drop, y'all. Mic drop. There's pain. The pain that you go through has a purpose tied to it. You are refined when you go through the fire. Don't stop. Keep fighting and running your race. And for all of you, Dedrick Moon is going to tell you how you can personally connect with him on his social medias, his email, and et cetera. Take it away, Dedrick. Um, you can find me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, uh, dmoon78. Um, but that's moon with an E. <laughs> the E is silent. So it's D-M-O-O-N-E 78. Um, on, you can also find me on Clubhouse. It's just D-Moon. Somebody actually jacked me and took the 78 from me. Um, I was like, man, you know, that's been my that's been my number since I was born. How dare you? Um, <laughs> but I think they might have saw that, oh, maybe I was maybe they I was a little popular. So it's like, yeah, let's beat them to us and make him pay for us. I was like, hey, yeah, I ain't, I'm not going to pay for that. Um, 
so you can reach me, like I said, on those socials. People have been trying to get me on TikTok. I can't figure it out. I'm, I'm too old. Um, <laughs> uh, and you can find me online, too, on, um, it's actually my daughter's website. It's uh, www.thebookofselflove.com. But the quickest way to reach me is through, uh, through Twitter or uh, Instagram. I most, um, you can, sorry. Twitter, Instagram, and Clubhouse. I'm not that active on Facebook. I always end up getting notifications like a day or so late. But on Twitter and um, everything else, I will respond right away pretty much as soon as I see it. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Go check him out, y'all. And he's not old, y'all. He's seasoned. (laughs) (laughs) And you just heard my phenomenal guest, Dietrich Moon, he's the author of The Unexpected Journey, Fire and Gold. This is his book, so you could go grab it on Amazon and all the other brick-and-mortar bookstores. And until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Make sure you subscribe and share with somebody. Blessings. Blessings.